Hey, welcome back to the Tunes Tunes Podcast. I'm Harold. Uh, as always, you could follow us on social media, Tunes Tunes Podcast. That's T U N E S slash T O O N S on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and then you can listen to us on Google Play, iTunes, wherever you listen to your uh, podcasts. And so, uh, yeah, I got Adam and Brett and the Heezy. What up, guys? What, what? How's it going? Yo, Robot House, we in this bitch, fitting to get crunk. <laughs> or are we already crunk? <laughs> <clears throat> it's a real uh, and we're sipping on that Vanessa House. Hang on. Let me fuck around real quick and do this. Oh, mm, that's, that's crispy. Good. That is good. What you drinking on, Adam? Uh, I've got the Vanessa House Beer Company's Garage Fire. Sexual. That's what I got, too. What'd you get, Brett? I have the first anniversary. I refuse to say first Annie, so it's the first anniversary <laughs> Vanessa House Pina Colada Ale. Starting out with some mad shade right now. I know. No, no, I mean, it, it tastes great. Uh, it does taste we do not share the views of Brett. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> now, shout out to Vanessa House. Those guys are nerdy as hell, too, and I love it. Good. Which I had no idea. I don't know if you guys any, know any of the dudes from Vanessa House. I don't. I met Andrew from Vanessa House and um, just kind of talking to him about the show. And I was like, yeah, I don't know if you're like super into like nerdy stuff like this. And he's like, bro. And he like took his, he had like a sweater on. And he like pulled up the sleeve <laughs> and he has this whole like Spider-Man Venom sleeve. Oh, like, nice. It's freaking sick. He shared it on Facebook. But like the artist is like super like well known for like his portraits and shit, and I'm like, dang, like that is commitment right there. Is it all webby? Is that what's kind of tying it together? Or? Uh, no, it's just like just kind of like a. It, it's literally it just looks like a portrait. Like they're like, okay. I think it's like they're fighting. Okay, it's pretty sweet. But I was just like, man, it's like whenever you realize you found your people, you're like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so shout out to Vanessa House. Keep them them tasty beers coming. Mm-hmm. We appreciate it. Um, but yeah, just uh, you know, we we're talking earlier, but. Meeting you guys through uh, Brian was really cool. And then um, we kind of worked with you guys here at the Tower with the uh, Ready Player March series, right? And so that was really fun. Um, what was like, a, you know, talk about that experience of like kind of coming up with those concepts and like how you felt like uh, about that Ready Player March. Sure. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> with Ready Player March, uh, you know, Stephen from the tower came to us and basically outlined this solid month of movies that he wanted to put together. <clears throat> and he had us pegged from the beginning as the huge nerds that we are <laughs> and was like, you know, I don't know if he just sort of secretly plotted this together. And Stephen's, you know, smart genius machinations of like his, his programming brain where he's like, these are the guys that I know I can get in to buy into this as much as I do. <laughs> Um, These are my people. Right. Yeah. So, you know, starting off the month, it was, uh, and, and this is the beginning of April and March seems already so far away. So I'm blanking on what the first movie was. Blade um, Runner. Blade, was Runner. Blade Runner. Yeah. Right. The so original it's, Blade it's Runner. The, you know, it's Blade Runner followed by the Iron Giant, followed by Big Trouble in Little China, and then Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And, you know, he came to us and asked if Robot House would be interested <clears throat> in essentially kind of creating a package for these, um, you know, some social media art, some, some way of just sort of promoting this. Um, and we were like, hell yeah. And not only that, like we want to do some posters for each movie. And not only that, we want to put together like, you know, logo idents that run before each movie as like a little visual thing. Cause so, so we just kind of went overboard on it and, um, partly because we love those things. And the other part is cause like as designers, it's not very often that you get to like legitimately make like a Blade Runner poster for like for realsies. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and if our name is going to be on it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that was really cool, man. And the shit turned out like 
crispy as fuck. Like I loved how everything turned out. I was just like, wow. And it's like seeing people come in and especially like the last day that we had like the uh, Monty Python when we, when we had all like the posters like hung up, everybody's like, whoa, like those are awesome. And it's really cool. Cause like you could really see you guys' themes on it because you know, there's kind of like that, that same color and style theme mm-hmm. throughout. And until you see them all together, you're like, oh, like, okay. Like it all makes sense now. It's like, they're all pieces of a puzzle almost. Right. We had it planned from the very beginning. And that's true. And like, yeah, you have that plan and it's really cool to, I don't know, for me, like seeing the Iron Giant poster and then seeing like my uh, podcast logo on there and like having it printed and like (laughs) I have it hanging in my house now, like in a frame. I'm like, this I'm cool as fuck. Like as untrue as I might be, but it's a real deal. (laughs) I say we had it planned, but it was like, I think a Monday, the Monday before, you know, the following Monday that Blade Runner screened. So we had like one week to the day. We're like, what are we going to do for this poster? And then we had like an ice day in there somewhere where Correct, we stayed yeah. home from work and we kind of worked on it. And we're sending stuff back and forth and we kind of figured it out what we were doing. And like, okay, maybe we can do these silhouettes. And for the second one, well, should we keep the silhouette theme going? And uh, we, we didn't have it planned at all. It was kind of funny. So it's like every week That's we crazy. thought, okay, so what how does this evolve? Do this so. Yeah the iron giant's like the iron giant silhouette of his head, but his yeah. eyes glowing. And then for big trouble where well, there's no real like singular eye that works, but what if it's the skull, you know, in the, in the, the storm, what is it? The, uh, yeah, the three, one of the, the hats, the three of storms. one of the three storms yeah. and the, yeah, the, skull the silhouette, from the big neon. I had to look at it for a minute. I was like, yeah. what is this? And they were like, the, the grail is never shown in Monty Python and the Holy Grail. So what if the silhouette is actually kind of makes a grail shape? Right. So, but it's kind of fun to figure that out on the fly. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely cool. Like, it's crazy how many things like that come together. Like, it's it's tough because, like, you know, I worked at an agency mm-hmm. um, before I'm at, like, I'm at my current job that's now. Right. But um, it's almost kills your creativity to be like, okay, let's sit down and be creative now. Yeah. Whereas, like, if you're just bullshitting or, like, just talking, like, so many ideas come out like that organically. Yeah. And you're like, shit, like, this is awesome. I think one of the best things that we did and we'll continue to do going forward with this is kind of put ourselves in a box right off the bat. So we kind of said, okay, what style should we do this in? We did this one thing that was kind of airbrushy once, you know, Mm -hmm. let's, okay, that's our style. What colors we're going to use? Okay. These are our colors. So every poster is these colors, you know, this kind of look, and we'll just kind of switch it up to make them all feel the same. And you really don't have to go back to the drawing board every time. So you kind of know the tools you have, you the have theme, to work right. with. It's yeah. more like how do you make we, this movie fit this aesthetic? Yeah. Right. You know? right. I think we did talk specifically about that brush, Adam, that you'd like, you say you just like found it or found how to like make it on yeah. YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. But that texture like yeah. set that shit off. Oh, and you. that was like the common theme for all of them. Right. Like you could see it like there's that texture again. And then especially like the, the way those were printed and everything, I'm like, man, these are these are nasty. I love them. <laughs> Shout out to Classic Printing. who did a yeah. fantastic job. Well, there you go. Yeah, knocked it out of the park. Brian, Brian Harper over there helped us out. Nice. A real one, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, was that just, um, you know, I'd like to talk to you guys about like kind of your intro into design. Like I always like to hear about how people got into it because I, you know, I've done things where I've talked to, um, like gone to schools and talked to kids and they're like, you work at an ad agency? Like, mm-hmm. what is that? And, you know, there's kids that really have a passion for, like, drawing. Sure. And it's like, they think it's just a hobby, but this is so cool that, like, you know, agencies especially or, like, creatives like that have an outlet for that where they can make that their profession. So, yeah, I was just, you know, interested to hear, like, you guys, like, did you just start out, like, just drawing, like, your favorite characters? Or, like, what, what was kind of your intro? Yeah, I mean, growing up, 
and it's funny, my daughter is going to be six in a few weeks and she's the same way. But whenever I was like sitting down to watch cartoons or like hanging out, I always had, you know, some paper and some pencils and was just drawing whatever, whether it's like looking at comics and trying to mimic styles or just drawing what I'm seeing on TV or drawing stuff straight from my brain was always drawing. Um, that progressed into like pastels and painting and anything like that. I always kind of sucked at 3d stuff, mm-hmm. you know, even in, even when I tried to go <laughs> Adam's that like, in college, yeah, no, yeah. I, I was kidding <laughs> too. And I can build models and stuff, but I just can't do anything with clay. I'm terrible. Um, And so I I really, you know, was into art at a young age and got into high school and took some, every art class I could pretty much take except for one in high school and took a bunch of uh, little private studies as well. And that was great. And then went to college and thought, okay, I probably need to you know, go after a real career. I probably shouldn't do art. I don't think you can make any money in art. You know, I don't know. I don't really want to be a quote unquote starving artist. I didn't really know anything about design either. And so long story short, my first degree was actually in criminology sociology because I wanted to go into the FBI, which is pretty weird. Um, or some kind of, you know, law enforcement, whether it be FBI or DEA. And that didn't pan out at all because at OU it's a sociology criminology degree. And boy, I hated sociology. Oh yeah, it's it's awful. It's like statistics, right? I like that was a sociology major once upon a time. Were too, you? And I was goddamn terrible at it. Yeah, so I, I changed. Too. That was one of the uh, like five or six times I changed my major. Mm. <laughs> yes, and so I didn't didn't really love that. And I had some really good friends who were in the film video program at OU, and so I was like, all right, I'm gonna you know maybe dabble in this a little bit and. I started taking some foundations art classes and really got into photography. And for a hot minute, I was like, I can do photography. That'd be pretty cool. And my buddies, like I said, were in film video. And I was like, maybe I could do that. That would be cool. And so I was like, all right, I just need to meet with the counselor, you know. And I'm not going to name any names, but I met with one of the counselors there and was like, you know, if I graduate with a film video studies degree, you know, basically fine arts degree, emphasis in film video, uh, am I going to be able to find a job? She was like, well, if all you're interested in is money and finding a job after you get out, then you should just be in VizCom, Damn. which is visual <laughs> communication, which is graphic design. Your heart's not in it, she said. Right, exactly. You're, not, like, you're not an artist. You don't have the soul of an artillery. Yeah, right. Yeah. You never struggled, boy. So I, I left that meeting and then I applied uh, for graphic design for the VizCom <laughs> program. Walked right into the VizCom Oh, shit. Yeah. And you're like, okay, cons- and, consider it done. And that, that's how I got into design. That's and dope, man. I, I would agree with what you're saying. I mean, I think all hand skills are really important for design. I think a lot of kids don't necessarily practice those as much as they used to. Um, but it's super important. And anyone who's like a really good artist or really good at drawing and doesn't really know what they want to do, I think design is definitely a valid oh, option. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is that, did you kind of have the, that yeah, same kind of intro? It's a pretty similar story. Like, you know, absolutely, you know being a kid and growing up and drawing cartoon stuff he used to have those big giant oversized like sketch pad things yeah. or like you know 24 inches by like 36 inches and big easel you know and you know, I'm like 11 years old and I've got 2B pencils and like you know drawing like a big weird like thing of Looney Tunes characters or something that like <laughs> might be out of this like flip book of like it would just be like <laughs> random books of like cartooning that you might get from like Hobby Lobby from or Michaels. something yeah, yeah from Michaels and you're like cool I'll try to mimic these and like other just stuff that I, I drew like jets all the time I was really into jets I used to have like these jet flash cards I don't know side note he knows so much weird 
military stuff. We're like doing the <laughs> really? posters for Iron Giant. And I'm talking about like the missiles on this jet. He's like, um, those are film canisters. Or not yeah, film, they're, fuel they're canisters, fuel tanks. I'm sorry. They're yes. the drop fuel tanks. Right. Oh. Yeah. Huh. That's everything like, I, I, I said. I fucked up these me. bombs so those aren't bombs. <laughs> those are fuel tanks. Well, actually, I was like, you know this machine gun, yeah. machine gun turret on this Jeep? <laughs> Yeah, it's like that's actually a pintle-mounted machine gun. It's not a turret. Uh, you know, a turret is. Is that like you? Li- you guys literally don't even need glasses. You just yeah, keep them yeah, on just to, yeah, just to push glasses. them up in the middle. I wear glasses <laughs> specifically so I can push them up. It's tactile. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you. No, that's <laughs> please interrupt me. Um, yeah, it's absolutely you know cartoons and it was tanks and you know it's playing with micro machines and Jurassic Park dinosaurs all the time. I loved Jurassic Park growing up. It was the perfect age for that. You know, I was eight years old when that movie came out. And it was huge. Um, but you know, somewhere along the line, you know, exact same high school story. It was like, I don't, you know, my friends were the people that like hung out in the art room yeah. at lunch. Cause it was like, these are my people. Yeah. <laughs> like we draw pictures and we, you know, hang out. It's fun. James was one of these guys. It was like me and James Nim and. Oh, you in high school with him? Yep. Which yeah, I was a year, City? Was a year ahead of me. Yeah. PCO. That's right. Um, and so it was just hanging out and, and doing these things. And then probably towards the middle of high school, um, ran into this guy and I don't even remember what, like what he did in college. He was a little bit older, but I was talking, he was like, what do you, what do you want to do? You know? And I thought this guy was pretty cool. And I was like, Oh, you know, like, I think it'd be cool to like really like work on video games or something like that. And he's like, okay, you want to, you want to check out like graphic design. So I don't know what this guy was doing because that is not at all. He just knew your skill set. He's like, stay yeah. in your lane, yeah, son. Yeah, stay in your lane, kid. <laughs> like, so, so yeah. So I, I start college, and I'm like, fuck it, I'll do graphic design. You know, not having any idea of what it is, but it's like I did art school stuff yeah. all in high school. This is like a thing I'm familiar with. And at the time at UCO, the program was essentially split between like half fine arts classes and half like towards the latter half, you would do graphic design classes. Um, of course, like my latter half, it was turned into like, you know, a four year degree turned into like seven years for me. Cause I just totally me took around. I know what college, you mean. You know? <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so it was starting out and I'm like, okay, this is a drawing class. You know, I, um, I can draw these naked people. That's cool. You know, I, I know how to do this, you know? Um, that's the best part, Brett said. But then it's, then you get your <laughs> typography classes and then you do, and it's like, okay, this isn't at all what I thought graphic design was, despite the fact that I declared it as my major, but I thought it was cool enough to like hang with, you know, and I, I, I sort of fell in love with it in school, learning how to do it, um, not having any idea of what it came in. And it's kind of funny because uh, what, what you said earlier yeah. where you're like, I'm not a good enough. Uh, I, I don't think I think I can do this as like a starving artist or whatever. I kind of felt the same way. It's like I can draw things, but I don't feel like I'm a good artist. I don't have like an artist head or like to be a like, style or a style yeah. or to be like, you know, I made this piece and it means something. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is very much pretentiousness that comes with it. Right. And not even (laughs) pretentiousness, like in a bad way, it's just sort of like what you sort of need to be able to express yourself in a visual way that is purely an expressive intent. Because I think a lot of that stuff's cool, but I realized I had like a weird separation from that, that I had some of these same talents. I could paint a picture, I could draw something, but it was very much like, but it's not like personal to me. Solving a problem. Right. So it was sort of like this graphic design thing is really kind of scratching an itch because it's like I get to do these things, which I like, but I kind of get to do them for someone else to do a thing. Whether that's so like, like a means to an end. Right. Right. So it was yeah. like I get to use the same skill set, but I don't have to like defend it 
in a way that is like a personal defense. Yeah, and it has nothing to do with you. Yeah. It's about the problem you're solving. And I like that. Oh, yeah. I like detaching myself from it. That is true because like you'll get on to work on an unknown project that, you know, I, I don't know how many projects I worked on when I was at an agency. I was like, I literally don't give a fuck about this. Right. Yeah. But you almost, you have to have like a personality disorder is what I always say because especially at an agency, you work with so many different clients. You're like wearing a lot of different hats. Right. So it is important to detach yourself from it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the end of the day, uh, when it comes to like that, you know, it is a business on that side of it. And so people, you know, we're trying to have like, trying to get like the best product. We're trying to get mm-hmm. to the best work. We're not saying you're obviously there because you have the chops. Like we're not saying you're not a good artist or something like that, but it's just, it, it gets tough getting into like the things like, you know, I think I know this is going to work, but it's not right. It's not the right fit for the client at that time or something like that. And I think that's a lot of it is shelving a lot of things that you think, you know, this is going to be a banger, but mm-hmm. Hey, client <laughs> wants what they want. They want the sure. same old bullshit they've been churning out for, <laughs> Nine months. He can't. He, if he can't, I, I don't sound jaded, do I? <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. It's part of the business. No, yeah, it, yeah. This way she goes. You're right. But I, I kind of latch on to what you say, like you know what you said earlier about you know being the kids that all hung out like in the art room mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think about those experiences, and really at the core of that is the idea behind the show is because those are the things that I think, and you know I've said it before, but you'll really be ostracized and like ridiculed for these things more than anything. Oh yeah. If you don't like a band, like that band's stupid. Sure. Like people will shit on you for that. If, or if you if like you a band like, that they don't like. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Or if you like anime or like comics or like, they're like, dude, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you doing the same things we're doing? But because they're, because you're different, they don't like that. Mm. And that's just, and you know, I think, you know, it's the nature of being in high school, sure. you know, you yeah, because you're like everybody's 15 assholes and it's and just like tribalist bullshit. Your frontal lobe is not completely developed. And uh, <laughs> Brett's like, what the fuck? No, I still know plenty of people whose frontal lobes aren't completely <laughs> developed. No, but it's just the nature of it. You know, you, mm-hmm. you almost have to, on a daily basis, defend the thing that you like sure. or it's like a closeted thing. Like yeah. You're like, I can't, I can't let people know that, about it. Yeah. Which is insane to me. Cause like literally everyone my age ran home to watch Toonami to watch Dragon right, Ball Z. Right. But then we weren't talking about it later. Like <laughs> what the hell? Like why is this like not the cool thing? And so that's like the interesting part of like those things to me. And that's why, you know, it's the whole idea behind the show, but getting into that, you know, there's so many different things and that's why I always talk about it with anime. There's literally something for everyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so, uh, one of the ones that you had referenced Adam was, um, neon Genesis. Right. And right. I did, I started the show. Uh-huh. I didn't finish it. I was more, I was always more on like the Gundam side, sure. especially Gundam yeah. wing, the um, fun mecha stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, I've been wanting to get into like the eighth MS team. Like that's like the newest okay. iteration of Gundam. Yep. I haven't pulled the trigger on I it yet. I forgot about wing until you just said like, it's I love like Gundam wing. and like, yeah. Hiro Yui. Yeah. Is that newer than the iron blooded orphans? Uh, wing? Oh, I think that is the newest yeah, one. I think, I think you're right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just host the show. I don't I'm actually yo. know anything, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I didn't even check that one out too. Yeah, for sure. But, that you know just saying like that was kind of more where i landed on those Mm -hmm. things and so i was hoping maybe you could talk about neon genesis um maybe in a way that you know maybe someone that hasn't like if someone hasn't got into that show or doesn't know what it's about what's like the whole pull to that show (laughs) yeah tell it trying to explain what neon genesis is about is uh (laughs) 
is a bit of a head fuck. But um, no, so like Neon Genesis actually was a little later. Like I was, I was in college when I, I'd seen a little bit before when I was younger. Um, but it was kind of like, Hey, I know this is like a seminal thing. This is a, this is a big piece to a lot of people. And like, to be completely honest, like I, I'm much more of like a, like a, like a movie, like an anime movie fan than I am a series fan. But I was like, Hey, this is like 22, 24 episodes. I feel like this is much more concentrated thing. I can really, yeah, I can get into <laughs> and I could sit through it. And I'd read a little bit of the manga in like oh. eighth, like eighth grade. Like yeah. a buddy of mine was like, he would have like Dragon Ball mangas and stuff. And he'd be like, check this out. And I'd be like, Oh, this is pretty cool. Yeah. You know? But we're like, like you said, we're sort of hiding this in the back of math class, yeah. you know, your backwards books. <laughs> right. Or Mike Allen calls them books for lefties. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I was, I was kind of familiar with material, but what I, what I like about it and what I would recommend it for someone that might like something that is, that kind of takes a darker like turn is that it is very much a show that sort of presents itself as one way and ends in a completely different way. Oh, okay. It, it starts as sort of your normal teenage boy who doesn't want to to do what he's doing and like, Oh my God, there's a giant robot that I have to like, you know, pilot, but I'm reticent to do so. And like, you know, (laughs) my dad who abandoned me is not now the only way I can get him to accept me is to like pilot this thing. Like that's So like, that's how it starts. It's just all a callback to the original Gundam. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and it's that, it's that formula and it's very much this sort of typical anime trope. And like, you're sort of starting this way, but what I think where the show stands out and what it becomes unique and, and where it probably becomes divisive because people like this and they don't like this is that the show evolves from that to go to some very weird places. And, uh, I am actually totally blanking on the writer or the director's name. It's been a long time since I really looked into this, <laughs> but, um, he's sort of, he kind of got some flack for sort of how he decided to like end this show. Um, and it was a very much like, Hey, I'm going to do this real artsy thing and I'm just going to drop the mic and like, you know, people what it is it is what it is. It. Yeah. Um, it's both. They made a couple movies to sort of like reanalyze the ending of this. Um, so whether you like it or whether you don't, I think, uh, so we had a, we had a emergency Google, uh, <laughs> so it's Hideki Anno, Anno, um, who's the animator and I guess writer probably did the manga as well, I assume. Um, so yeah, so like Ano got, he got into some, like the show sort of got some flack for the way it ended and the way it was sort of like culminated. But that's sort of like what the intriguing thing is to me, whether you like it or not, I think it's something to sort of digest and sort of culturally look at to realize that this is a guy who very much knows he's making a show that is playing with these tropes. I think it was probably very easy to just be like, Hey, this will be like a popular boys show. Let's just cash this check. Let's write it up. Let's do it. Let's do the formula because it'll sell. And he really chose not to, or to sort of turn the genre a little. Yeah, bit. almost like uh, meta on it. Just exactly. Almost. Yeah. He's self aware. Exactly, yeah, self aware. You know? That's what I was trying to think of. But yeah, definitely. I think that's, and I think it comes with the fandom too. You know, mm-hmm. like no matter what it is, people are going to end up shitting on it. Like, uh, yeah, sure. it didn't turn out the exact way I thought it should turn out. Like fuck off dude right like, right <laughs> and it's like why can't we just appreciate for what it is then the, just to get into like the minute things and like oh we should have done this different or yeah. why did they do it that way like i those are the kind of people it's like man they, do you ever have fun like <laughs> do you ever just enjoy anything sure. sure and so like i don't really like get into that whole thing and i just 
kind of try to look at it holistically, mm-hmm. like kind of the, I imagine the same way you look at it. Yeah. I love that. Um, but Brad, I think, uh, if, I can't remember if it was, I think it was you. I kind of looked at your Instagram that, is that you that actually, um, you built some Gundam models? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I kind of did a deep dive into your Instagram. Let's oh, yeah. see what we can Creeping. dig up. Hey, yeah. everybody does it. Uh, <laughs> Still definitely pretty novice, I think, at building Gundams, but I built quite a few, and it's a lot of fun. It's a good way to just kind of zone out after work, and because it's an art form that has instructions with it for the most part, (laughs) you just kind of get to follow along and do your thing. Check the boxes. Yeah, check the boxes, and the freedom comes with, like, if you decide to paint a part or the Mm -hmm. decals that you want to put on, and you can kind of make it your own after that, but it's definitely a really stress-relieving and also a way to make some super cool, like, desk toys. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like a Zen craft thing, too. It is, yeah. Especially if you're, like, trimming off, you know, the flash and, like, getting some sandpaper out and sanding it down and getting it smooth. But there's something, like, about those things that are, you know, said it before, which those things are tactile, you know what I mean? Yeah. Working with your hands, doing something, and then when you actually finish it, you're like, this is awesome. Like, I made this thing. And so much of what we do as designers is digital that it's nice to have something that you just work on with your hands and when it's done you have this physical thing like you said yeah very tactile it's like hey here it is right here i did this mm-hmm. i think i actually saw like uh someone commented on it someone like real famous commented on one of your gun tr13 yeah is that what it was and i said like senpai noticed yeah, me that cracked yeah. me up that's a guy i, I could, probably got back into building gundams maybe six or seven years ago i started in high school and then dropped off during college because you have no money to buy that kind of stuff and it takes, <laughs> takes a little money and a little investment to get yeah, the right pricey. tools and the right the right stuff uh, and i started following that guy's work and he's just crazy at painting and modding oh, and making yeah. his own stuff um and yeah he commented on one of my decal placements recently let me do my nerd yeah. glasses. Glasses no, adjustment. Glasses adjustment. Yeah. But that's that, like that the nerd cool. dab. Like mm-hmm. the movie glasses. Yes, yeah. it is. It is. <laughs> yeah. Now that's cool, man. And it's definitely neat whenever someone you admire is like comments on your stuff. Yeah. Anytime I get a comment on like the show, I'm like, holy shit, you actually listen to the show. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. You like anime too? Hey. <laughs> no, it is fun though. And I really enjoy that it's like, you know, Gundam too. Was that, was that kind of your intro? Like, are you super into the mechs? Like I, I'm, I was a huge fan of wing and like, you know, obviously endless waltz that came with that. I always really loved uh, heavy arms. Mm. And so I've actually, uh, commissioned two friends Ooh. now to draw me a, a heavy arms, but nice. none of them want to do it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I'm actually, like, God damn it. Draw me a heavy arms. I've watched very little Gundam. I've read some of the comics or the manga really like that. Uh, but I probably enjoy it more for just the models and the designs than the actual animation. I think those stories are a lot of fun from what I've seen and what I've read. Um, and we might get into this a little bit later, but I'm a big dub guy. Oh yeah. And a lot Same. of that stuff is hard to find, uh, dubbed. I know, you know, wing was on Toonami and that was probably right. a little after my Toonami time. Mm-hmm. Um, cause Harold, I'm just a little touch older than you, but <laughs> But yeah, I think more just the models themselves what gets me into it. Yeah, well, that's like a big pull for a lot of the people. And, you know, I've had a few designers, like a few artists on the shows or on the show. And um, that's like such a pull for them, but not and not having nothing to do with the storyline or anything. Right. They're just like, dude, those fucking robots are bad. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're And you could tell, like, you can watch one episode of Gundam Wing and be like, wow, they put their entire budget into these fucking oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. like, absolutely. people yeah. look like garbage but yep. the 
the mechs like on point. <laughs> like, no, let's w- get all our tier one guys to animate these sure. uh, these mechs. I will say the uh, new Gundam Origin films that they did. I think they're four maybe one hour long movies that kind of tie into the original series, but tell kind of side stories are killer. And the animation on them is amazing. They probably came out last year, or the year before that. Mm-hmm. Nice. And they're all on Hulu. Oh, <laughs> about to run on watch. Yeah. Uh, Funimation subscription, not required. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I love, uh, you know, just, and we get into it every time we talk about Gundam, about how political the storyline was. Oh yeah. And how we didn't give a shit about that when that we were kids. That was like, <laughs> part of Wing. Yeah, it was like, uh, don't Why really are they talking? Where's Toggies? Yeah. Yeah. Zex, where are you? Yeah. No, but it's it's just funny because you don't death even scythe? think about it. Yeah. You don't, oh, yeah. I had a death scythe in that high school. That was the shit. Yeah. Heavy arms, man. Just the, the chest that busted open and the guns. Like, they Have weren't you, ready. Has anyone built you one yet? Heavy no. arms? No. Nah, I had to get one. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Christmas is coming. Hey. <laughs> Madison, if you're listening, uh, check it out. That's Gundam, G-U-N-D-A-M. <laughs> I don't know that my wife has listened to a single episode. Of <laughs> I know she could give a fuck That's about how anime. You know you're <laughs> yeah. I would say I'm lucky in the fact that my wife is one of the only people I ever dated who was into anime. Oh. And one of the things uh, we bonded over on some of our first times hanging out at my house was watching Death Note, which she introduced me to, which I'd never seen. And we binged the whole series and it's one of my favorites to this day. Did you watch the, didn't they, they did a remake of it, right? They did a live action Netflix that controversial, I will say, I really liked. A lot of people really hated it and really shit on it, which I get if you're going in expecting... They, a like carbon a remake copy, yeah. or a carbon copy, but it's not. It's an adaptation, and it's completely changed for American audiences, which makes sense because it's being produced and released by an American company in America by an American director. So I, I wouldn't want them to do some, it. I'm like, right. fucking miss me with that shit, dude. Like, come on. <laughs> we already have the awesome anime series and a bunch of mediocre actual Japanese live action movies. Yeah, I think. shout out to Dragon Ball Evolution. <laughs> yeah, I kind of, I kind of want to torture myself and watch the. Uh, the live action Pat Labor movie. <laughs> I don't Did know you why. watch? Um, oh man, what was the one? I always blank on this. We talk about it all the time when we talk about live action anime movies with uh, Scarlett Johansson. Oh, Ghost, Ghost in the Shell. Shell? Yeah. Did you watch it? Did you? See I it? did see it. What'd you think? Huge Ghost in the Shell fan from back in the day. That's one of the first anime movies mm-hmm. I ever saw. It's super near and dear to my heart. And I will say that they got a lot of stuff right. Oh. The art direction is beautiful. Um, the character design, I mean, everything is pretty on point, and a lot of the concept art is great. The movie is kind of a train wreck. Uh, it's pretty boring. It looks good, though. <laughs> it, it, the design is good. The shots are yeah. not. The oh, cinematography, okay. I, 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 it looks like it's a TV show. <laughs> it was shot like very small screen. It didn't feel widescreen. Huh. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Uh, so, no, I, I wouldn't recommend it, especially if you're huh. not a fan or familiar with it. If you are a fan or familiar with it, I'd recommend it just in the sense of like, it'd be cool to see some of this stuff live action, you know, have a party at your house and yeah. drink some drinks and watch yes. it on mute. Yeah. 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 <laughs> have it in the background. Yeah. yeah. Just some background footage. Yeah. And be like, Oh, that was cool. And then do, you know, your real life. Um, one of the movies I wanted to talk about, you know, we talked, you, Adam kind of, you mentioned that, uh, you're more of a fan of movies. Right. Is that kind of the pull for Akira for you? Is that just like a staple oh, for you or what? Well, yeah. And again, like with, like Brett had said with ghost in the shell, like there weren't a lot of avenues into anime, Japan animation, Japan yeah. animation 
Suncoast, Anim- Suncoast and America, right? Yeah. in America, uh, that was a little, was a little older, but yeah, I mean, you know, I had no idea like what this stuff was and like how it was separate. You know, I'm like maybe 10 years old or so. And, uh, there were things like what, what, uh, you know, 1995 ish to 93 and five. What, what would we have seen? Ninja scroll. No, I'm just thinking like, uh, that would show up on like normal cartoons. Oh, well, the intros to almost all the old cartoons. That's true. Yeah. For sure. But like R- Ronin Warriors. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love Ronin Warriors until Cartoon Network. Okay. okay. Shit. Okay. It's like animated Power Rangers. Sailor Moon. Oh, yeah. Still Cartoon Network. Man. Are you talking about so, just normal cartoons? Yeah, I'm trying what? to think of like what I would have been like, exposed to that I'd like be like, oh, this is an anime life. thing. You know? Oh, anime. Right, right. I was so, thinking like traditional, like Yeah, American. no, I'm, I'm winding this shit up like it's this long, <laughs> long fun story. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> to cut it short, like, you know, a buddy invites me over and he's like, Hey, I got this like super weird, like fucked up movie. You want to watch it? And we're like, yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, and it's, it's Akira. And I'm like, this is, this is the most different thing in cartoon form I've seen ever, like ever. Oh yeah. So like immediately it's like, I want to tape copy. And I like would, would watch it in the morning in like 30 minute increments before school. Cause it was like, we had the one household VCR yep, and it was same. like, you know, my stepdad's not going to let me watch this like a normal, like Wednesday night or whatever. So like, I'm going <laughs> to like, you know, the more lenient mom, I'm going to be like, Hey, I'm going to watch this cartoon for a half hour before you take me to school. Oh, it's a cartoon. Shit. Okay. Yeah. It kind of, exactly. No, have know? no idea what kind of shit goes right, on. Exactly, you know, just, <laughs> you know, um, and it, it shit could be way weirder. I can tell you that. Oh, definitely. So, <laughs> no hentai. It was exactly, you know, it was, oh, you said it was Wednesday night. It was Tuesday. long, <laughs> it was long <laughs> format and it was cool. It was rendered in a way that was fairly humanistic. It wasn't like super stylized. You know, there weren't the giant anime eyes. It was really like, I wanted to do pretty, an interesting sci-fi yeah. sort of cyberpunk movie. It just happens to be animated and very cinematic. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that was just like, Holy shit, this is a thing. This is a thing that like is an art form that I have no idea like had existed before that. Oh know? yeah. And it's definitely, if you've never seen anime and then you see Akira, you're like, fuck, like what is this? Right. Yeah. But like that shit still holds up today. Absolutely. I think we were talking about yep. Absolutely. that before. Um, I know there's specifically one scene that sticks out at the beginning, right? Whenever the rival gang comes by and they're like starting the chase, they show the city in the background mm-hmm. at the backdrop and it's, it's, it's still, but then the street below is moving mm-hmm. and just like it has like the, it's almost like textures, like layered textures. Yeah. And I'm like, holy shit, this looks amazing. Like to this day. Yeah. And so I just like paintings are great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're like, man, this is insane. Like it, there's nothing else that would possibly have looked like that. Like you're like, this isn't this is incredible. Yeah. It was a huge budget at the time. You yep. have to imagine. This was popular manga. So, yeah, I I had Brian on before and he talked about seeing it for the first time. I, th- I think it was the first time he saw it. He like had convinced a buddy in Dallas to go watch it like in a cheap movie house. <laughs> right. And his friend was like, what the fuck was this movie? Sure, like, yeah. His friend had no idea. Reaction. No, man. And Brian really hates body horror. So I can just see him <laughs> yeah. not really loving Akira. Is there any yeah. of that in there? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> A little bit, right? Just a touch. A little bit. Just a touch. Uh, Was that kind of your intro? I know you're a fan of the movie as well. Was that kind of, did you kind of have the same entry point as Adam? Yeah, it wasn't a buddy. It was, man, I think the first actual anime movie I saw was Ninja Scroll. And that was a buddy who was like, hey, we should watch this. And we did. And our minds were completely blown. 
for good or worse, you know, right. after watching that. And then it was kind of stumbling into Suncoast and mm-hmm. looking at what Whatever they had they or had. going to Blockbuster yeah. and seeing, you what know, the small section. Number six? What's the, I don't know. Geno Cyber. <laughs> yeah. The Giver, all this yeah. stuff. And like, Robotech, yeah, boy. Yeah, Robotech, Robotech and just and just checking this stuff out and watching it. That would have been just a, being blown away. A fairly early entry into animated existence. Like I knew of Robotech. Robotech, yeah. You know, I knew mm-hmm. that this yeah. was like a they, different style. They put of on Netflix too. Stuff, right? I've been watching it. Nice. Yeah. So that that's pretty much it. It's, you know, Blockbuster and Hollywood Video, both of those. Mm-hmm. My God. I forgot Hollywood Video was even a thing. Oh, I yeah. worked there. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Over that by is Comp so USA, crazy. Bro. I feel insane talking to my nephew about that. I'm like, yeah, like, you know, like you'd have to go get a, this movie. and But mm-hmm. the movie was like in this like weird black like a cassette thing is what they call it. Yeah. Imagine that. And there's like a store. The sleeve. Yeah. Well, it's like things that we don't even think about. Like, uh, Hey, can you tape me? Like quit? Why are you taping me? Like if someone's taking a video of you. Right. And he's like tape, like there's no tape, bro. Like, what are you talking about? There's those things that, you know, we grew up, hang up the phone. Like no one, he's never had to hang up a phone. Right. There's (laughs) even like software that you still use that has like a diskette. Like a floppy diskette as like yeah. the save icon. And yeah, like, why is this floppy disk? Yeah, like kids don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah. they don't know, like what is that? What is this shape? <laughs> it's the save. Wow, save yeah, I saw I saw that someone said um it was a kid they they put a saw someone three D printed the save button. It's like, <laughs> oh my god, that is so crazy. You know they actually didn't stop production on floppy disks until like just a few years ago. Oh. They were still making them, and I'm like, who the fuck? What was your intro into anime? Into anime? Yeah. Um, ooh, I was ooh. really, you know, I, I'm like the self-professed basic bitch fan. Sure. And so I, mean, I just, we're talking about Akira. Yeah. And so, you know, come on. Uh, but you know, just coming home and, and seeing, um, you know, we didn't have a uh, cable for a long time. Um, but my stepdad is a salt of the earth type and he, uh, was able to like rig it up to where we're stealing cable nice. for a long time. Mm-hmm. Shit was clutch. Um, and so I got Cartoon Network all of a sudden. And so then I was just like, oh, I'll just check this out because, you know, all of my friends had it and everything. And so I started watching just everything that was on there, like stuff that wasn't anime, like sure. Ed, Ed, and Eddie, shit yeah, like that. Yeah. And then, you know, just the first time I'm like, what is this? Like, because, you know, the whole tsunami is like, it's it's like a whole, like the, the Cartoon Network comes to like a screeching halt when it gets to tsunami. Yeah. Like, it's yeah, like an, an event. Robot guy coming They're like, out. hey, yeah. here's this intro for just like this next few hours of this block and this is what's happening now and so i was hooked almost immediately um there was shows like and back then like there may not have been a whole lot available and so they had a lot that were like um kind of throwback ones that weren't super recent or anything so there was like thundercats was on there i always Mm -hmm. thought that show was badass Mm -hmm. um especially the intro yeah ronin warriors you mentioned earlier i fucking love that show um and an outlaw star. Yeah. I was a yeah. huge fan of like Gene Starwind. Uh, We're just watching it the other day. Yeah, we just. It's so good. Yeah, it's fun. It is so good. So many people haven't seen it either. Yeah, it's because we started uh, what manga's like cyberpunk block movies. So it was like Cyber City Oeda. What? And we were like, wow, yeah. this is not very good. It's not good. So maybe we should start Outlaw Star instead. <laughs> and it was a hundred times better immediately. It's so good. Yeah. And I love the way that they, you know, just his character from the beginning, you know, and it's like, Oh, he has like this weird thing about going to space. Like what's up with that? Mm-hmm. And, you know, learning more about these guys along the way. It's a space cherry. Yeah. That's what they <laughs> called it. That's what they say. Yeah. yeah. It is. Uh, he's like, uh, I think he just said interesting story, you know, in that show specifically, but 
I was just really into those shows and I was just like, this is awesome. And then they started showing stuff on Saturday night. Right. And it got into shit like Yu Yu Hakusho and mm-hmm. um, I can't remember what else they, they showed like Inuyasha. Right. There was like all these different shows. And honestly, I kind of shelved it for a while after that. Like I didn't, I kind of fell off watching it mm-hmm. until um, a friend of mine told me that I should watch, um, what was the show? Uh, Honestly, I kind of dabbled here and there, and then I really got back into it when I started watching My Hero Academia. Okay. I don't know if you guys have heard heard of the name, yeah. And then I was like, damn, like, this show is actually pretty fucking good. Like, (laughs) and so, you know, it kind of inspired me, you know, and kind of other shows that I found around the time. I'm like, anime is like dope. Like, why don't we, why aren't more people talking about it? (laughs) Yeah, within the last five years, there's been a huge resurgence, especially of quality stuff. And and interest on the Western side, which is awesome. Yeah, and there's a lot of cool, like, you know, you hear about, like, Netflix just poured, like, $7 billion in, like, billion to produce new shows. Man. And a lot of those shows are anime shows. Hopefully they will be real animation and not the terrible, like, CG animation. Like, what was that one we watched? I was just trying to remember the name of that show. Was it Ajin? No, no, that I was has to say. I just watched it. And I thought it was all right. It was a mecha, it was a mecha show. <laughs> it was Knights of Sidonia. Knights of Sidonia. Oh, I saw it. I saw that in like a suggested, but that I didn't. All right. I didn't check it out. I that really right. like it, but I just can't get past the CG yeah. for yeah. All the Ajin. Like, there's parts like there's parts when they're riding motorcycle, and I'm like, this just does not mm-hmm. look. If you guys remember reboot from Toonami, that's I like, do remember. This reboot. is not. This is, reminds me of <laughs> that, reboot. That, reboot. Reboot does not get dropped a lot as a and they're <laughs> rebooting it. Oh, I heard that they're Since bringing reboot back or ending, right? And but I just remember thinking that show was so bad, but not at the time. At the time, you're like, "Oh, this is pretty cool." Mm-hmm. And then I watched it. Like when I started getting back into anime, like before I started the show, um, I was like, "This is real bad." Mm. Like the, the 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 oh my god. <laughs> Painful. We'll come back to Beast Wars. Yeah, you just, this is the oof. This is but, the, the rough patch. Yeah. <laughs> The uh the ma- the bad guy in uh in in reboots names like Megabyte and yeah. the main bad like female lead is hexadecimal and you're like Yeah. This was a little corny. This is a little corny. <laughs> but goddamn, dude, um Beast Wars I love that show. <laughs> Did you ever watch Beast Wars? No. Oh, it, I was, it was before it. school. I remember it, it being on. on yeah. It was pretty fun and but a good continuing narrative, either, but it was the ugliest, <laughs> ugliest thing. It really is bad. That's kind of all I remember is just like, wow, it's brown, wow, they made this sh- browns and greens. And it's all like terrible <laughs> poly- polyagonal, yep. you know. Like, mm. wow, they made this whole show in Visual Basic. That's awesome. <laughs> um, Brett, specifically one that I wanted to talk to you about. Um, well, really, it's just a uh, one of the directors, Satoshi Kon. Mm. I love talking about him. And anytime any of my guests mention him, I'm like, I want to know what he thinks about Satoshi Kon. So can you talk about like your intro and did you see Paprika or did you see like Paranoia Agent? What was like your intro to him? Yeah, my intro is Paprika. Uh, I'd heard a lot about it and I think I just ended up buying it. I don't even think I rented it or anything. I think I just bought it and watched it and loved it and just thought it was super cool and super weird. And it's one of those movies kind of like Akira where you can tell that just a ton of time and love was put into it. You know, all of the background paintings and, um, even the dub voice acting. I mean, everything about it is just really done with care. 
and it feels like just a real film. You know, it feels like cinema. I don't want to sound pretentious saying that. No, you're right. And yeah. I think a lot of people, especially people who aren't familiar with it, will just kind of lump anime as a single genre. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I yeah, think it's not. I mean, there's strata yeah, and there are some tropes just and some like things anything. that it it does have in common, you know. But yeah, there's there's definitely strata, as you mm-hmm. said, and this is definitely in the upper echelon. And you know, loved Paprika, and then watched Tokyo Godfathers, and that had won an Oscar, I think, a few years before I saw it. And, you know, just an amazing movie. It didn't have to be animated, which I think is interesting, but it was because it doesn't really, if I remember right, it doesn't do anything super crazy fantastical in the way that Paprika does where stuff was like, you couldn't really do this with a camera. Yeah. You know, even though you're speaking the language of a camera, you couldn't really do this. Um, I have yet to see Millennium Actress. I haven't seen But I've either. seen Perfect Blue. Mm-hmm. Another one that doesn't really need to be animated. Like, I'm totally cool that it is, but it's very right. much just a film that happens to be animated. And some of the stuff's probably easier to do animated, sure. like the reflections yeah. and things like that than, than it would be. But, but yeah, it doesn't have to be, but it is, and it's amazing. And there's kind of a, like a dark creepiness to all of his work that I'm really attracted to, too. Kind of just this, the underbelly of the human psyche. And I know you had a guest on, uh, Daniel, a few weeks back talking about that. And I, I think you guys were on point with everything you said. Um, not to go too much down the same rabbit hole as that. But I think the most recent thing I watched was Paranoia Agent. Okay. And watched the whole series maybe about a year ago and really loved it. And I think it's really, really on point and timeless. And a lot of the main points and philosophies in that show... Um, were really ahead of their time, especially if you can apply them to things like social media. And a lot of it is about this idea of kind of just numbing ourselves as humans. And we just get so much input. We're just kind of numb to everything. And I I think that is so on point. And it's a shame that it's so hard to find, like on Blu-ray, you know, you can't find it. I had to (laughs) to pirate it. Mm -hmm. But he does. And, you know, I think Daniel kind of likened him to like a, like a Kubrick type. Absolutely. And I can 100% get behind that because yeah. you feel like every scene's like intentional. Sure. It's there. It's there forever. It's the exact, it's exactly away, what you know. said. Yeah. Everything, you know, like the paintings on the wall have depth and you're like, fuck man, this guy really took like his time and like really got into the details on this. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's kind of one of those things that makes him stand apart because he's almost, you, you know, you talk about it not have like, the movie's not having to necessarily have animation, but I think he's like almost a virtuoso in that, you know, the, like the less is more type of thing. Cause like you said, it's never to where it's like, uh, eh, this doesn't look real. Like, I mean, of course it's, you know, it's a movie, it's fantasy, but never to the point where it's like, if you feel like it's overdone or anything. Right. And so, but I do like the way that he is kind of divergent from some of the tropes, uh, you know, obviously, the base of it's there, like the the roots of it is there. And, you know, we talked to, talk, I talked to Daniel about this whenever he was on, like the foundation is going to be there. So there's going to be not like nods to things that obviously he was influenced by, but the way that he, you know, gets into like the, the human psyche. Yeah. And it's almost like, you know, the physical projection of, you know, what is going on in someone's head, like the paranoia, the, uh, the fear, the things like that manifesting themselves as an actual character like that's that's badass like it's super cool and so i think he you know he does that well and then the thing that daniel mentioned that 
I had I didn't know about was that uh, Christopher Nolan drew a lot of inspiration for Inception mm-hmm. from those movies. Mm-hmm. I was just like, holy shit! Like, it's something like you hear it and you're like, oh, that makes sense. Like, right? Yeah, no, <laughs> like, yeah. Duh. Daniel also mentioned Aronofsky, right? And yeah. I think Aronofsky, Aronofsky actually bought the rights to Perfect, to Perfect Blue. Blue because of the scenes he kind of pulled from that. Wow, for I didn't Black know that. Swan. Mm-hmm. Wow, you made me do and, my uh, you made me do my own Wilson. Wow, wow, Requiem wow. too, right? In Requiem. the bathtub, like uh, yeah, yeah. Jennifer Connelly. Jennifer Connelly is like holding her. She's kind of like sticking her. She's submerging her face in the bathtub and sort of like screaming underwater. Screaming underwater. Yeah, yeah. that's directly from Perfect Blue as well. So uh, I think it's a tragedy. You know, they obviously died so young. For everyone listening who doesn't know, Satoshi Kon died at like 36 of cancer, yeah. something like that. And he mm-hmm. kept it secret for a really long time. And then he came out to his fans and basically was like, I have terminal cancer. I don't have long to live. You know, thank you guys for everything. Um, but I hope that the Japanese audience continues to embrace, you know, artier anime. Oh, yeah. Anime that's a little deeper. And, well, like diver- divergent from yeah. like the more of like the common tropes, which it's tough because like that stuff sells. It does. does. And that's why it's replicated and redone and rehashed because that stuff sells. It does. But when you have like people with, you know, like Satoshi Kon, like the balls he had to like, nah, I'm like do my own thing. I'm going to do some different shit. And like here we're sitting here talking about what he did. This guy's dead. And like we're sitting here talking about things that he did because that's how much of an impact his art had on us. And so it just blows my mind, like to think about things like that. And that's for me, that's how it goes. It goes so much more than just like, Oh, it's a cartoon and I like it. Sure. Like that shit is like a part of my life and like a part of my childhood. And so, you know, we talk about it. We talked a little bit on the cowboy bebop episode about how, um, you know, now you can go and like watch a whole season of something at home. Right. But back then, it's like, you know, if you're watching on the Toonami block, you're like, ugh, like, I got to wait till tomorrow. Right. Let me get another filler <laughs> episode of fucking Dragon Ball Z. Like, oh, yeah. Yeesh, yeah. But here we, you know, that show comes up every time as like someone's favorite because, sure, absolutely. Yeah. you know, you stuck with it for so long and, you know, you never really got a payoff, I guess. But we finally got to see Super Saiyan Goku, so that was cool. But <laughs> It's like a soap opera. You don't necessarily need the payoff to enjoy it. It's more exactly. about the ride. Yeah, right. that is true. And so... I think it is interesting, but getting into the, you know, kind of the, the other medium that, you know, that I mentioned earlier, music, I think it plays a big part as well. Like, in when we're growing up and things like that. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the pull for, for me, why the show kind of bases on those two things. Yeah. Well, I have a question for you really quick before okay, we get to ahead. music. So you talked about Toonami being kind of your gateway and it was for a lot of people. And I really loved Toonami as well. And one of the things I really loved about it were like the bumpers, yeah. In between, yeah. and they'd play like this awesome, like trip hop or like electro music, and they'd have all these samples from the shows cut into it. Yeah. And I remember loving those so much. When Napster first came out, I found a lot of those that people what? like ripped and put yeah. on Napster. So That's like, sweet. We're going into space, outer space. You know, <laughs> all these beats. And, and you're just like, <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> yeah. That would be some like, that would be some sense memory throwback stuff if I heard a bunch oh, of those God, bumpers. It's great. Like yeah. teleport you. Yeah. But we do, we, I mean, we talked about. You know, with Mike Allen, we talk about Jay Dilla, and he was more like on the Adult Swim side, mm-hmm. but there's still that influence. MF there. Doom, MF yep. Doom. Yeah, uh, I don't know if Flylo was on some of those, but I think he probably have, had produced something that was used at some point on there because that's just kind of that vibe. Mm-hmm. Right? 
but yeah, man, that was like the shit. I love those bumpers. Like that shit yeah. was iconic. The the uh, Adult Swim too. Like it was carried through. Like, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Sort of As it progressed, I think ride. that's where isn't that where Paranoia Agent had its first run was on Adult Swim. I think so. And so it wasn't that wasn't US one anyway. that was on the mm-hmm. yeah. That was the one that was on the Toonami block, right. I didn't think. And so Oh yeah, you also gotta give a shout out to like weird anime stuff growing up was sci fi channels like Sunday anime yeah. block. Yes, that's that was, right. That was like where I saw Vampire Hunter D. That's where like there's this weird like sort of silent art anime thing called like Cloudwalker or is like Skywalker or Cloudwalker huh. where it's literally just like a dude walking through the clouds for like 20 or 30 minutes. What? Wow. Just like some music in the background. Okay. Why we're on throwbacks. Yeah. Liquid television, Liquid television on MTV, MTV had some yeah. anime segments thrown yeah. in. Yeah. Not I anime. I American, remember about but, that. Or, or maybe European. Liquid, yes. Liquid TV. But just like, like, what the fuck is this? Liquid television. <laughs> Did you ever see that? That might be I a little before your time. familiar, but yeah. It was like a, an MTV show with short animated segments, mm-hmm. kind of like an anthology show where, you know, it would just be like. Like the racetrack guy. Yes, that was yeah, an, an that anime, was an anime one. Like this this racetrack driver who's driving around this track. And he's, I think he's like remembering something tragic that happened to him or something, but he just drives around and goes so fast that he starts to disintegrate. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Pretty dope. Yeah. I have to it look that cool. shit up. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool shorts. Yeah. Yes, it's almost like an O Canada right. type thing. Did you guys ever watch mm-hmm. that? Oh, it was a that was another anthology type show. It showed like all these shorts from like these really bizarre um, like animators and like illustrators, like artists okay. up in uh, yeah. up in Canada. And okay. there was a whole block called O Canada. Yeah. And it came on at like two a.m. On Cartoon Network. And because Canada's awesome, they're probably all government subsidized all right. artists from other cool yeah. arts programs that we don't <laughs> yeah, have. Probably. Sure. Um, we have them, they're just gutted. No, I think that is a that's right. I think that is a good segue, you know, talking about those bumpers into, you know, something that's so it's so um impactful on us growing up because I still listen to the same stuff I listened to back then. I mean, I still can hear a song and remember what I was doing sure. the first time oh, yeah. I heard that song. Mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck. And so I don't know if it's just something about like those mediums that if it's something in hate, I mean, it must be, but because, um, because of those things, like I, they're just so quick to recall. Like I'm, I'm there, I'm in a moment whenever I hear a song and it's just like, mm-hmm. that's insane. For but, good or bad. Yeah. For good or bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, do you guys feel that same way? I mean, I'm, I'm sure you do. You have like a band that you, that's like, those are your guys sure. like, and you can listen to forever. Mm-hmm. Like for me, those guys, that's Kings of Leon for sure. Okay. Yeah. So I got into them when I was, uh, probably uh, sixth grade, seventh grade. Yeah. And I was just like, these guys are fucking dope. Like, <laughs> what is this? And so I was just super into it. Yeah. And then, you know, they get big and I still like them. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't one of those guys that was just like, well, they're famous now. So fuck those guys. Right, right, right. I'm like, hey, their sound changed. It's dope. Like, I like it. Do you feel like you have like a band that you kind of latch onto like that? I'm going to say no. <laughs> Partly because like fr- I would say when I was younger uh, in like high school, like 100% I would have said like Radiohead up until okay. like mid-college, um, probably finishing college. But for some reason, like, it's not like I thought, I just sort of like 
began growing my roster of bands that I was into. And it's not like I got less interested in what they were doing. I was just like, wow, you realize there was other stuff like awesome stuff too. I don't have to be exactly like you were talking about at the beginning of this, where like, there's this sort of like band tribalism thing where it's just like, maybe there's just like a shitload of music out there. That's awesome. And I don't really have to identify as like, I am a, this, I'm a, this person. Well, that was big back then. Sure. I yeah. mean, yeah, I definitely. Mean, just, uh, yeah, that didn't go away. I mean, I had my Nor- I had my Norma Jean uh, tight ass graphic T shirt. That was about uh, eighty pounds ago when I was wearing this. Right, right, right. <laughs> that was before Taco Bell was open. Like, okay, <laughs> no, but it's just funny. Like, you get so you do, yeah. it's important at that time. The shit you're doing is the most important shit mm-hmm. you've ever done in your life. Yeah, I'd be I would be hard pressed right now to sit down and be like X Y Z is my favorite band. Yeah, you know, it's. I mean, even now I'm more like. I might not even do a band deep dive and be like, I'm really into this song right now. You do do that. That's true. I don't really have to like feel compelled to be like, I need to know their whole discography. <laughs> like I you can, never can just get into them that hard. Right. Right. I don't know if that's just like the, uh, the nature of just what I do whenever sure. I get into something, but like, man, I end up like, I'll look at something and God forbid I look at something, look something up at like 10, eight, like 10 at night. Cause then I'm like up at 3 AM. I'm like, wow, their cousin knows this guy in this other band. Like, <laughs> what does that matter? Like, yeah. But just for me, like the way my brain works, I'm like, let's really get in the weeds in this. Sure. And I wish I could turn that shit off, but <laughs> Hey, you got what you got. Adam still gets in the weeds. It's just oh, in yeah. a different way. It's like, I've been listening to this song on repeat for five hours and man, listen to the snare in this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is cool. <laughs> this key That's change cool. is dope as shit. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of the song's garbage, but this key change in this one, <laughs> this one part. Well, and one of the other ones you had, um, kind of referenced as being an artist that you were a fan of was Beck. Oh yeah. And, yeah, yeah. uh, we talked about, um, I can't remember who I talked to Beck talk to about Beck but we got into like the whole thing at the uh, Grammys when Beck won like best album at, over Beyonce and like all the Beyonce people were like what the fuck and it's like <laughs> dude Beck literally plays like 30 instruments right like yeah. can she even write a song by herself please yeah and that what's weird about like my my Beck fandom is that I'm not really interested in like him as a person <laughs> Which is kind of weird because, like, with Radiohead, I'd be like, oh, yeah, this is Tom and Johnny and Ed. Like, I knew all these, like, people and, like, I would, you know, I had books and stuff because this was before, like, oh, this is, like, you could easily wiki all this stuff. Like, it's like, you know, I had my, like, you know, they started as on a Friday. Yeah. And the label was like, that name sucks. Change your name, you know, and, like, they're <laughs> Parlophone releases and stuff. Like, all this stuff, like, you know, your sort of deep dive teenage fandom into yeah. things. And then... Beck was always there, obviously, you know, with like Mellow Gold and Odelay and things like that. It was just sort of like the music's really cool. I don't need to like deep dive into who the, I knew it was like one guy. Right. And obviously like different producers he wants to work with, different guest artists. But like, I just wasn't, and it was sort of like, maybe that's part of like how he operates. Right. It's sort of like, yeah, I'm Beck and I do this thing, but like, I'm not doing like a, it was like almost a character that was putting, it was like, it was like gorillas pre animation. It was just sort of like, there's Beck and he does his thing, but I don't know. It was for, for me, there no. was no interest in like, there's just no some writer dude from California thing. who like wants yeah. to rap on stuff. Yeah. It's better though. Right. If you don't deep dive into the artist I, yeah. and just deep dive into their work. Well, yeah. instead. Right. If you find out they're a piece of shit, you're like, damn it. Yeah. Right. I hate that. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. And like, I kind of, I kind of checked out on Beck with like the sea change <laughs> stuff. Cause yes. I'm like, I just like, I don't need to go into like your breakup record. Like I'll check back in with you oh, when okay. you get a little bit get more fun get, again. You get a little bit more fun. You know, I want, the, <laughs> I want the funk. I want the dance moves. Dude's an awesome dancer. Um, you know, do you think the kind of like sexual your, uh, me up, Beck? Do you, <laughs> do you think your perspectives on things like that come from like having a background in music? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't have, I didn't go to school for music or anything yeah. like that. I, I mean, I was just growing up and listening to music and that was. Your dad played in bands though. Yeah, and he absolutely uncle. did. He absolutely did. But I, I never, you know, I, I started dicking around with a guitar when I was like 16 or but there's never like an intention. It was never. And like, like I said, like I'm the, it was the shy like kid in, in school is just hanging out with like the art room kids. It was yeah. never like. You know, I I'm like you, the shredder slay on the bass, join my band, you yeah. know, like that. I was never, I was never that person. Oh, and we need to acknowledge real quick. Uh, the beginning of the episode, of course, you always hear every episode, beach language, the man behind the music. Yeah. Adam yeah, is right beach language. Yeah. He, Adam, Adam is actually beach, beach language. <laughs> Almost said bitch language. Secrets out. Yeah. <laughs> bitch language is when they perform, you know, secret shows. Right. Right. <laughs> Well, so. I'm gonna just go ahead and drop the announcement here. If I if I venture into the solo electronic world, uh, share werewolf. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, no releases yet. No plans to release music, but I'm just gonna you know I, you know I should probably look that up and see if it's taken. I'm yeah, gonna, I was gonna I say it's taken. Surely he's yeah. camped on that I'll before spell, he, I'll spell he announces it. I'll like, spell it differently. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, like who the fuck is this project? Guy? Yeah, this is some weird shit. <laughs> what the fuck is this? I right, will work on that. We'll work on that. <laughs> Oh my God. That's funny. Um, so I kind of see like a, um, there's kind of like a, uh, a parallel with you guys. Well, not really a parallel, but you guys kind of are into the same shit. Which we are I mean, the same person. It, it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a nature weird. of like why you guys work together, work well together right. and everything. But kind of that, um, I don't, I hate, hate to say like electronica, but like, uh, industrial, is that like a better way to say it? Like shit, like the prodigy and stuff like that. <laughs> I don't know what's like the best way to describe like the genre that the prodigy would be. Uh, man, they're really their own thing. I have to say, cause they're, you know, electronica is what it was called right. back in like 1999. I, know, I like yep. can't even um, think of what to call it now, but you know, it has a lot of hard rock influence and funk and I mean, they're kind of their own deal. I a think lot a lot of the bands I like, you're kind of hard to peg into one genre. Beck, I think is the same way. Sure. Yeah. He's you all know? over the place. Yeah. For good and bad. There's some terrible Beck songs. But. <laughs> but I, uh, it's just funny when, you know, thinking about that band is the first time I saw a thing about the prodigy. Yeah. Was that song smack my bitch up? Yeah. 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 And it was like a, was on MTV, interestingly yeah. enough. Was it the video? It was, uh, yeah, it was like a, it's back when MTV used to show music videos. Yes. I don't know if you remember the glory that. Glory days. It was a while ago. <laughs> but, uh. And then it shifted to MTV too. Oh shit. Get all your Interpol. Um, <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, But they had like a, it was like a late night type of um, like, these are the videos that were too steamy to show. But the video for that song is fucking bananas, boy. Yes. Like it's insane. Have you seen that music video for Smack My Bitch Up? So it's all first person perspective. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like walking around in England and they go to clubs and going to clubs and going to the strip club and throwing up from drinking too much and doing drugs and all the stuff. And at the end it's, it was pretty shocking at the time. Now it wouldn't be so much, but the, the POV character looks in the mirror and it's actually a woman that you've been watching the whole time. 
doing very bro things. Misogynistic yeah. bro things, right. It really was, because, like, you're, like, it's, I literally, I was, like, like this I was, like, yeah. nine, and I was, like, <gasps> Yeah. I was shocked. Right. I was a shocked nine year old. I was like, damn, that bitch went ham. Yeah. <laughs> she yeah. really did. She was yeah. like, yeah. she had like the perfect yeah. night. It was incredible. I had uh, pictures of the prodigy and specifically Keith Flint, like cut out and pasted all over my locker <laughs> on the inside of it. Like freshman oh, yeah. year of high school. You were way cooler than me in high school. I don't know, dude. I was pretty, <laughs> pretty dopey. No one else thought that was cool. Oh man. Retro, retro active cool. <laughs> You're cool now, so it's like you're cool back then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just cooler than the shit I was doing when I was a freshman in high school. No, I do. Uh, you know, there's so many different things that we're into. And I think that's what, one of the most interesting things about music. And especially when it's, you know, there are definitely people that they stick to their genre. Sure. Right. They're like, oh, yeah. I listen to country and that's it. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like it that's cool dude like do your thing but i'm not gonna be stuck into one thing because i'm gonna be like you know listening to like maybe some like hardcore rap yeah yeah and then you know just over here to like whatever bullshit i'm like explosions in the sky or something why limit yourself you're here once so i'm saying like there's so much shit that it's just like why are we just putting ourselves in a box like unnecessarily when there's so much to consume and that's kind of where you know, the inspiration for the show comes to because it's like, you know what, fuck what people thought was cool back then. Yeah. Because I think this shit's cool now. Like, so I want to talk about it and I want to bring in people that I think are cool too. So we're going to talk about this shit. We're going to do what we want to do. Like whatever. But I do, uh, you know, I gave the shout out to beach language, but, uh, is there any, uh, (laughs) are there any other local bands that you guys have been into lately? Uh, specifically or you know just whatever uh whatever is just on i know hideaway radio does a lot of the uh a lot of the like local type stuff and so i didn't know if it was just like whatever's on that or if you guys are like actively seeking out local stuff sure um i i don't i don't go to as many shows as i probably should of you know being someone who plays music in the city but i will say that like some of the people that we've played with and have had, you know, sort of band relationships with of those, um, some of the nicest guys that do some, probably some of the most fun music around are special thumbs. Like those dudes, like Patrick and Joey are so nice and they're so hardworking. Like Joey's just cranking out awesome songs after awesome songs. Like I could not, you know, not plug them. (laughs) (laughs) I give them a shout out. Them, I have to give them a shout out. Like they've just been an absolute joy anytime we've done a show with them. Cool, man. What about you, Brett? Yeah, I I don't listen to as much local music as I probably should, or as much as I did in the past, because, you know, it, it's hard being married, having a kid, and having a full time job to get out and go to as many local shows as I would want to. Um but I do also want to give a shout out to Beach Language and specifically Boy, we out here. Specifically to Adam. I think all of his Adam projects actually are, is beach language. He is beach language. And I think all of his projects <laughs> are, are pretty awesome. I think he's a fantastic musician. I'm not just saying this. There, there are three other band members <laughs> that, oh, there are? That, are, that are just about to leave now that we've said <laughs> yeah. Adam is beach language. Now we'll shout out to Avery. Times. Yeah. I've, heard, I've, heard, Avery. I've heard the demos. I know where they originate. <laughs> I've seen the computer they're, they're performed on. 
No, I think it is like a, a testament to, you know, how far, because I think about whenever I was, uh, you know, in high school, like there were some local bands and I'm like, oh yeah, like those guys like seem cool, I guess. But it's like, if you weren't super into like, like hardcore, like metal sure. type shit yeah. right? or um, like really poppy stuff, it seemed like when I was growing up, like those were like the two, like a... Uh, it was so polarizing. It was like either one or the other. And I was right. never super into either one of those. Like I was kind of like, eh, but just seeing where it's gotten now, it's like, man, there's so much. There's a lot, yeah. And I think that's just a testament to Oklahoma city in general. And so I wanted to get you guys' take on like, do you think that's a product of just, uh, you know, um, progressive thinking or what, what do you think has brought us to where we are now to where, uh, you know, there's so much going on around the city, so much more for people like us that want to go out and like, you know, creatives and things like that. So much more. You think it's just much more accessible? Like, where do you think that stems from? Man, that's a deep and good question. Um, calling Oklahoma or Oklahoma City progressive is well, <laughs> pretty a controversial statement. But no, I agree. I mean... <laughs> There are some parts of it, and that's probably a direct reaction to how conservative yeah. a lot of the state is. Um, you know, it's a cheap place to live. It has a good, thriving arts culture that supports itself really well, which is super cool. Um, I love seeing that, and I love seeing everything that's happening here, specifically at the Tower. And yeah, I think that, you know, with great repression comes some cool <laughs> rebellion sometimes, and it's probably stems right. from that. Yeah. And that's kind of like, I think, uh, I can't remember if it was Michelle, someone I was talking to, um, helped me articulate it better than I just did. <laughs> but they said, um, we all, like everyone that kind of has like that progressive or different mindset, we all kind of know each other. Yeah. Sure. And so it feels like it's everywhere, but really it's just like right here on like 23rd mm-hmm. street. <laughs> and Brian always calls it the littlest big city or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Like that's what Very it is. You, you feel like it's, you feel like you don't know how it's getting stuck like in these old, like the ways of thinking or like archaic ways of thinking because you feel like everyone, you know, like thinks the same way you do. So you're like, what the fuck? But you don't think of, you know, <laughs> Ma and Pa out in BFE and they're controlling the way that everything is in the state. But, you know, I think we have kind of an oasis here, like, you know, places like 23rd street, uh, the plaza, Paseo, right. like all the districts, I guess. UConn, and Tulsa. The Yukon district. Yeah. And yeah, shout out to Tulsa up the turnpike. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it's almost one of those things. It's just like the nature of, you know, egocentrism because the way that you see it, you think that's the way it is everywhere. And so we get so frustrated when things are going on or aren't going our way. We're like, what the fuck? And you forget about the whole other side of people that don't, don't agree with the way that you think. Right. And so I think that's kind of the way I was trying to articulate it earlier. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I definitely think, you know, the culture is so thriving as far as like in the arts. Is that do you feel like it's a uh, very accepting of like new people and things like that, Adam? Uh sure. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like as compared to like maybe whenever it was like back in the day, like when you're in high school or something. Do you think there's a lot more going on now? There's a thing I feel there's definitely a lot more going on now as far as the level of acceptance. I would have to think, yeah, that that's grown as well. Like, um, but again, you know, like I, I was very, and still kind of very much very, you know, inward person. Like I don't, 
I, I'm not very active in like a lot of community groups, you know? So I, I definitely don't want to speak for, you know, something as a whole, but I mean, shit, people let me play in a band on stages. So they have to be somewhat accepting. <laughs> the threshold has to be a little lower. Maybe everyone has just lowered their standards. Right. Not right. <laughs> No, I think that's definitely true. I think there's, there's also so much, you know, like the ease of accessibility to and places popping up like, yeah. you know, there wouldn't have been shows at the tower like not, not that long ago. And so now they have like a show like every night damn near. Like mm-hmm. it's awesome. Like it's so cool to see things going on all the time. Yeah. Somewhere where you think there's never anything to do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially, you know, like 23rd Street, like. This place was a ghost town not that oh, long yeah. ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. It really, it, you're right. Yeah. When I was a kid, you know, Bricktown was boarded up and. Yeah, you know, man. Deep dudes. Like, that's scary. like, it's nice and gentrified now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 23rd was scary. Yeah. Still is. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's the chicken strip. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. That's like, that's true. 23rd and like Penn or whatever. Yeah. It's like eight chickens. Yeah. Spots or whatever. No, chicken I'm, is I'm dope. just bullshitting. Hey, well, I really appreciate you guys coming out, talking to me and geeking out, you know, mm-hmm. doing what we would have done anyway if we were just hanging yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no microphones around. This is the exact same conversation that would have happened. Yep. Uh, but real quick, I definitely want to give you guys, uh, you know, the platform and the time to talk about what you have going on, where people can follow you on social media and where they can find like more of your work. Go yeah. ahead. Uh, so Robot House, you can find uh, at Robot House OKC on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you'll see cool stuff we're working on there. Uh, we recently just did a poster series for the Towers Ready Player March, and that was super fun. Uh, you can see all that there. And then personally, this is Brett. You can find me, um, Brett underscore Grimes on Instagram. And on Twitter, I am at Sign of the Grimes. Ooh, yeah. terrible pun there. <laughs> That's good. Speaking of terrible puns, uh, so I, I'm not on. I'm not on the Twitter. Don't do the, tweet. not on the no. tweeter. Not um, on the tweeter. And if you want to see like the eight things I posted on Instagram, you could follow me at <laughs> shoutout vapes. S h a d o u t vapes. Help us follow our account. Maybe he'll post some more. Maybe Boom. I'll think about it. More vape stuff. Yeah, yeah it's I'm all vape stuff. Just him in his car vaping to see how, no, how please much smoking him. We're just there. kidding. Please follow yeah. him. <laughs> no, well, thanks again, guys. And as always, you can follow us on social media, Tunes Tunes Podcast. That's T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And you can listen to us on Google Play, iTunes, wherever you listen to your finer podcasts. So we'll see you guys next time. Thanks again, fellas. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you.